passion, strong feelings of enthusiasm or excitement, an emotion for which there is no replacement, and a virtue ingrained in the customer service experience at Mercedes-Benz of Plano. Online at mbplano.com. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and you're listening to Education in the News. We have a packed show today, lots of new stories going on around the world and here in um, our area of Ohio as well. <clears throat> and I have to do things a specific way today. Um, as usual, so I can share different audio clips. This show is going to have a lot of audio clips, more than usual uh, today. <coughs> Excuse me. So I have to do things a specific way, but let's get right into it. Lots to cover, lots happening. And um, the first story I have for you actually is from uh, fee.org. <clears throat> and it's called The Root of Today's Worldwide Education Problem is Staring Us in the Face. From Israel to America and lots of places in between, government schools are failing. This should not surprise us. This was written by Lawrence Reed <clears throat> and is a new article. He writes, Our schools, reports a knowledgeable observer, a producing of ignoramuses, the average graduate, he explains, does not know how to read critically, write expressively, or debate intelligently and politely. Meanwhile, the unions are opposing huge proposed increases in beginner teacher salaries because... Instead, they want higher pay for teachers with seniority, regardless of individual performance. Are we talking about America here? No. Though Americans, Americans can sadly, incredibly claim similar circumstances, what you just read comes from the writer Amat Asael in the July 29th, August 4th issue of the Jerusalem Post. In his article titled, how can Jewish schools be bad? The country whose schools he exonerates is Israel. For more than 2,000 years, a thirst for learning has been a core element of the Jewish culture, as Asa El writes. So obsessed with education. Were the, were the Jews that Jewish law decreed that a town that did not give its children a teacher must be excommunicated. And so unique did education make the Jews that a French monk noted in the 12th century that a Jew, however poor, if he had ten sons, would put them all to letters, and not only his sons, but his daughters too. <clears throat> Further, he said, or wrote, education was a legacy, a quest, a supreme value that went with the Jews wherever they wandered. That's how the penniless immigrants were, who proceeded from Europe's shuttles, uh, known as a Jewish enclave, and I probably said that wrong, to the Lower East Side sweatshops produced by 1937, half of New York's doctors and two-thirds of its lawyers. Uh, one could reasonably assume that such a deeply rooted heritage would produce good public schools in a country defined by its Jewishness, 
but instead says Al or Asael, they are a disgrace. Not only are they academically bad, they are nurture. They also nurture in discipline. He points out that it most that it quote is most commonly reflected in students' total disregard for their teacher's very presence in the classroom. Moreover, and this is something else he wrote, in worst cases, this indis indiscipline, in, um, discipline in, uh, uh, breeds vandalism during field trips, not only in Israeli parks, but even in places like Birkenau, a notorious Nazi concentration camp. <clears throat> Whereas Israeli students carved their names in barracks walls. End of his writing on that. The performance of the American public schools on average is nothing to write home about either. Their disgraceful shortcomings are well known and hardly need to be recounted here. You can check the education section of just facts for the details, but guess what? I've heard the same complaints in almost all the 87 countries I've visited over the years. Even people who think their local public school is okay will decry the lousy and expensive outcomes in everybody else's public school. <coughs> Excuse me. If a chain of private restaurants served bad food at high prices, it would be history in a hurry. Better eateries would spring up in their place, and customers would welcome such a creative destruction as perfectly natural and beneficial. Even in education, we can find excellence. Private schools and home schools are generally flourishing. These are the schools in which no parent or child is trapped by zip code. No unhappy customers are forced to patronize those options year after year. Distant bureaucracies and self-serving unions cannot bully their way into the classroom. Teachers are freer to get the job done. Fractious, distracting, Intractable controversies are avoided because everybody pays for what they get and gets what they pay for, or they take a walk. Public schools are government schools. Their common denominator is politics. Who in their right mind would even think to suggest that to improve restaurants, we should assign people to eat at restaurants by geography or zip code? Would a bad restaurant improve if we threw more money at it, rewarded its staff according to seniority instead of merit, or put politicians in its charge of its menu? The reality in Israeli schools prove that politics can take an impressive cultural heritage and trash it in just a few generations. From Israel to America, and lots of places in between government is not the answer to problems in education. It is the paramount problem itself. Wait a second. Wholeheartedly agree here. Government politicizes education, it foists compulsory unionism on teachers, it rewards mediocrity and frustrates innovation and success. It stifles the very forces of choice, incentive and accountability that produce progress in every other walk of life where they are employed. The answer is more freedom, not more politics or coercion. Why is such common sense so infuri infuriatingly uncommon? Perhaps government conveniently forgot to teach us, teach it to us. We're going to share this article on social media and, and uh, prior January, February issue of our magazine. 
I love this article. I think that it's fantastic and hits the nail on the head, not only for Israel, but America as well. And it's so, it's such a tough situation to be in because teachers, if anyone, has the best intentions, but they are so lost in a system that is fractured and broken that poisons them, that makes them hate their job, some of them, or hardens them at the very least, takes advantage of them. It's, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing. John Taylor Gatto spoke often about this. And some of the things I'll be sharing with you today, including school shootings and which can be political, but also can be of other reasons and sources and, um, and partially, and this isn't going to be popular, the public schools are to blame as well for this happening. And around 1843, I don't know the exact date, John Taylor Gatto will. I'm going to share one of his um, interviews on why do kids shoot up schools. The un it's part of the underground history of public education or public schooling, which is one of his many books that he wrote. And um, it's hard to argue with him because he was a public school teacher in New York and one of the best of them voted numerous times as the best teacher of the year before he retired because he thought he didn't want to be part of the detriment of students. He was a very brave man that I have a lot of respect for and um, I've followed for many, many years for, well, New Heights Educational Group is 16 years old this year, so close to that long maybe 15 years, but pretty close, ever since I learned about him and really dived into really what was going on, why I was seeing the things I was seeing, why students suffer the way that they do, why students are so unhappy, why there's generations of people that cannot read and write. There's a source, a reason for all of that, and guess where it goes back to? The school systems. That sounds unbelievable, I know. I never thought I would say such things when I first started the New Heights Educational Group. But the things I've learned is just awful. In 1843, Horseman wanted, begged people in New York and Washington to take on a Prussian learning system. Prussian learning system in America. This was a radical, radical idea. No one was interested in it. It was shelved for many years, and in 1918, it started to take off. But the system was corrupt and would spoil education in America from the get-go. And... The people that chose to make it happen knew this. They did this on purpose. We are living in a failed education system that has been broke since before it started on purpose. I'm going to share this um, talk from John Taylor Gatto. I was going to play some of it today, but it's way too long and I don't want to shortchange you either. I want you to understand what I understand and, um, you know, do yourself a favor and learn about this and be on the right side of history and fighting the injustices that our students are forced to live through and causing generational illiteracy. So that's what I'm going to say about that. I thought this article was fantastic, and there's a lot of proof behind what this person is talking about, and um, who he's quoting is talking about, so 
again, something for you to keep in mind. You can also find it all of John, well, not all of, but many of John Taylor Gatto's um, videos um, on our website. Our main website is newheightseducation.org, but if you go to school.newheightseducation.org, click on recommendations and go to the videos. You'll see what I'm talking about. There's many videos there. If you really want to learn what's wrong with the system, you need to listen to this guy talk and you need to get his books and you need to learn and educate yourself because there's nothing more important than education um, for our culture, for our people. And the interesting fact for someone that would be disgusted with what I'm saying before this Prussian education system invaded America, um, people thought of America as the most educated place on earth, even more so than the Greeks, the classical Greeks. So, um, and that was without a structured education and most people back then were homeschooled and <laughs> that speaks volumes doesn't it look into it am i telling you the truth <sighs> anyways um one of the recordings i have and i found this and i i kind of fascinated by it i i don't know if it's true or not um i going to be honest, there's no way for me to check into every one of these news stories. They're just not. That's why I share them with you. Um, and I share them from the sources themselves. So this is one of them. And at first I, I was going to dismiss it. And the more I listened, I was like, well, wait a second. So here's one of the recordings that I have of deception and murder we are subjected to today are found in the new phenomenon of mass school shootings. Prior to 1999, they were practically non-existent, but today they have almost become predictable. And if you are able to examine the evidence objectively without getting emotional, a pattern can be recognized. Former Naval Intelligence Officer turned whistleblower, Milton William Cooper, wrote in his book, Behold a Pale Horse, published in 1991, that the CIA was using drugs and hypnosis on mental patients in order to persuade them to open fire on schoolyards, to inflame the anti-gun lobby, and do away with the Second Amendment. This probably sounds outlandishly evil, and it is, but the evidence is there. In the Columbine shootings of 1999, we are told that Eric Harris and Dylan Kleibel acted alone. The town of Columbine, Colorado, was created in 1958 for families and employees of the military-industrial complex. Eric and Dylan were arrested a year prior to the shooting and were allegedly sodomized by the arresting officer, which may sound crazy, but a local officer admitted to raping informants which is a known method of trauma-based mind control. After this January incident, Eric and Dylan were put into a juvenile diversion program and prescribed SSRI drugs known to cause homicidal ideation. During this time, Eric Harris was making online death threats and bomb threats. Local police were aware of this and drafted a search warrant affidavit, but it was ignored. Eric and Dylan threatened revenge for the January incident in their yearbook. They produced a school video about their plans and began openly collecting weapons. All of this while on probation and nothing was done about it. During the shootings, the police stood outside the building and did nothing while the sounds of automatic gunfire and explosions continued for hours. In official transcripts, there are over 100 witnesses who saw more than two shooters and more than 40 witnesses who identified the same two men in their 30s, one balding and the other with a short military-style haircut. Several witnesses described the same adult male throwing a pipe bomb on the roof of the library, all of them certain that it wasn't Dylan or Eric. 
And all of this information pertaining to additional shooters has been redacted. The FBI agent in charge of the Columbine investigation had a son who recently attended the school who shot a student film inside Columbine High two years before the shooting about a character wearing a trench coat shooting up the school. Dylan and Eric fantasized about hijacking an airplane and crashing it into a New York City skyscraper in 1999. Are these just strange coincidences? or remnants of the Fed's MKUltra program. An honest investigation into any of the mass school shootings following Columbine will have the same signatures, such as families involved in the military-industrial complex, prescribed SSRIs and other psychotropic drugs, psychological care provided by the state, and associations with law enforcement prior to the shootings. Just like we saw with the retired federal agent in regular communication with the Buffalo gunman in a private Discord chat room. And in the recent Texas school shooting, how is the perpetrator able to afford nearly $5,000 of weaponry? And why did the police stand down while children were slaughtered? We are still allowed to question these things, but for how long? This evil will never stop until the truth is exposed. And unfortunately, most of us are too emotional to see things as they really are. Wow. What do you think? That is some scary thoughts. Um, I know there's some real evil, evil people in this world with many different uh, hidden agendas. But that's pretty scary stuff. Um what are your thoughts? I'm going to take a quick commercial break. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Lots more. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Regala estilo. Es la venta para amigos y familiares en Macy's. Con un 30% menos extra en todo lo que necesitas para prepararte a ti y a tu hogar para las fiestas. Con tu cupón o tarjeta Macy's. Y ahorra un 15% en fragancias, cuidado de la piel, maquillaje y más geniales regalos de belleza. Además, descarga la app gratis para recibir aún más ofertas en Macy's. Ahorra sobre precios regulares en oferta y liquidación. Aplican excepciones. To the New Heights Show on Education. You're listening to Education in the News. Next video I have for you, or audio I should say, is from um, a school sh shooting at a football game here in Toledo. We have another shooting. Uh, this is just north of where uh, we are, um, uh, 45 miles or something like that. So this happened um, two days ago, 10 7. Now, this won't be shared with the public until October 26th is this show that I'm working on. So, it'll be a little late, but still relevant to all the things happening in the world. This evening is time outside of a high school football game in Toledo, Ohio. Watch the moment the shooting happens. Oregon to the 20. You can see everyone running from the stadium. According to officers, three people were shot, were unaware of what the condition is like, and the gang unit is on the scene. This is likely a gang shooting, but this was an extremely situation nonetheless, as you can see from the clip. I'll provide updates as we learn more, so be sure to follow for more. We have another shooting this evening. Okay, um, I did do a search other than that, and um, 
Okay, I know three were wounded. See, I'm trying to bring up the latest news about that. This is actually from Fox News, which is the first thing that popped up in my search engine from a day ago. This says, um, October 8th, shooting outside Ohio High School football stadium leaves three wounded. Two people are in custody and two outstanding are, quote, possibly connected to the shooting, police said. Oops, wait a second. There's a commercial trying to go off. Just a minute. Um... Three people, one student, two adults, were shot outside of a high school football stadium in Toledo, Ohio, Friday night. The shooting outside Whitmore High School Stadium occurred during the school's football matchup against Central Catholic High School. The game was paused after the shooting. The victim was transported to a local hospital and are expected to recover. There are two people that are in custody and two outstanding are possibly connected to the shooting. Gunshots were heard during the game, prompting spectators to flee uh, from the stands. I chuckle because uh, you couldn't see the video I saw, but people were fleeing, but they were fleeing to the outside where the shooting was. They didn't realize that they were running towards the gunshots. I mean... They didn't even see anybody or anything, but they took off anyways towards where it was. It's like, let's talk about panicking. Um, and I know some people will say, oh, well, it's an extreme situation. You probably panic too. Actually, I've been through many extreme situations. And in those situations, I normally don't panic. And I've seen a lot of things and survived a lot of things. So until you know me, don't speak. Um, several bullet casings were seen scattered on the ground behind the school's field house. Uh, quote, an act of violence occurred outside the stadium at tonight's football game between Central Catholic and Whitmer. At this time, we know the three people were shot, including two adults and one Whitmer student, and transported to a local hospital to be treated for their injuries. No guests were injured in the evacuation and could not be proud of our students, staff, Whitmer fans, and our guests from Central Catholic. The stadium continued. The Whitmer athletic policy of wanding and screening all guests was forced at, or enforced and WLS pre-established safety plan was initiated immediately. We will update as further information becomes available. But again, this is the latest from a day ago that popped up. When I ran a search. So. Bear with me as I bring up the next news story I have for on another shooting. This from a couple days ago as well. Um, okay, I think this was the one I'm looking for. Thailand, the massacre. I don't know if you heard about it. It happened the day before the um, shooting in Toledo. This was October 6, 2022, and this is from CNN. It says dozens of children among at least 36 people killed in a child care center and massacre in Thailand. Bangkok, Thailand. Thailand recoiled in horror Thursday after at least 36 people were killed. At least 24 of them were children in a massacre at a child care center in northeastern Thailand believed to be the country's deadliest incident of its kind. Authorities immediately launched a manhunt for the suspected attacker, later identified by Thailand's Central Investigation Bureau as Panya Kamreb, a 34-year-old former policeman. According to the Thai Royal Police, he was suspended from his police duty earlier in the year, relation to drug possession charges. 
Among the dozens of victims are Pena's wife and stepson, whom investigators say he killed before taking his own life. His two-year-old son was enrolled at the nursery that he attacked Thursday, <clears throat> but was not present while the attack was carried out, according to a local police chief. Pena went to look for his two-year-old son, <clears throat> excuse me, but the boy was not there, so he started shooting as well as stabbing people at the nursery. Police spokesman Major General Payson Boom Boone told CNN that Pena then managed to get into a room where 24 kids were sleeping together, killing all but one of them. He also used a knife to stab both children and staff at the center. <clears throat> Eyewitnesses account one of the center's teachers described a horrific scene to local media explaining that the attacker entered the center around noon while two other staff members were having lunch. I suddenly heard the sound just sounded like firecrackers, so I looked back and the two staffs just collapsed on the floor. Then he pulled another gun from his waist. I didn't expect he would also kill the kids, they said. The teacher also said that the, the attacker was also carrying a second gun as well as a knife, which he used to fatally stab another teacher who was eight months pregnant. One eyewitness told Reuters she believed the attacker was coming to pick up his child. When he arrived at the center, he didn't say anything and shut the door while the children were sleeping. Most of the deaths were a result of stabbing wounds. A teacher also told Reuters that the attacker had mainly used a knife. It all went down really fast. He was slashing the knife. He didn't use the gun. He kept slashing in there. It's all by a knife. Police General Dam Ronsiak Kitapras, sorry if I butchered that, said the attacker mainly used a knife to kill the children. Then he got out and started killing anyone he met along the way with a knife or the gun until he got home, he said. Um, we surrounded the house and then he committed suicide in the home. The massacre took place at the Child Development Center in Nongbao, Lampu Province in Yuthasawan, Naklang District. According to a statement from the Prime Minister, Prayut Chan Ocha, I know I'm butchering all these things, I apologize, who called the incident shocking and expressed his condolences to the families of the victims. The province located approximately 540 kilometers northeast of Bangkok is largely peaceful and quiet area and is not known for violence. Prayut will travel to the province on Friday to meet with the families of the victims according to a statement from the office. Uh, quote, no child should be a target. Thai Royal Police said Pena was due to receive a verdict on his ongoing case over alleged possession of methamphetamines on October 7th. In an earlier updated search of his residence, police found a tablet of Yaba in his house. They had also said Yaba is a combination of meth methamphetamine and caffeine, which is a tablet usually crushed and smoked, known locally as the crazy medicine. Charges of possessing Category 1 drug led to his suspension by police duty in January. That's uh, just sickening. Awful. Awful. So... I'm to share that with you as well. It's not good when these sorts of things are happening and allowed to happen. Um, I think here in America, I think that veterans should be placed in public schools to protect the children and um, give them jobs. A lot of them don't have jobs. So this would be a good way to have them come back into society after... They've been fighting our battles and seeing seeing things that no human being should have to see. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking by it. And and also, here in America, we have the right to bear arms, and 
Um, I do um, believe that's becoming a more important, more and more important for all of us to do to protect ourselves and our families. And anyone that's um, has children at their facility or in their schools should everybody should be armed to protect them and trained. I really believe that. And if you don't like that, then you're not for protecting children. So anyways, um, more news I have. The next news I have is from Philanthropy News Digest. The University of Michigan awards Francis Medal to who? Director General. Kedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus who has led the World Health Organization since 2017 and spent his career advancing public and global health. We received the medal regarding, regarded as one of the university's highest honors in the spring of 2023. And a fraternity official and properly benefited from the foundation judge rules. Terrence J. Boyle, a former longtime officer of Delta Pi Epsilon, a National Foreign Service fraternity at Georgetown University and its foundation was found to have misused the foundation's fund to purchase this home and have engineered the below-market sale of the fraternity's 80-year-old house to a third party. Lori Loki, a philanthropist and entrepreneur, dies at 95. An Oregon-born entrepreneur and philanthropist, Loki donated more than $800 million, including more than $150 million to the University of Oregon. Bear with me as I bring up the next article. This was an interesting um, story I came across, and I had not heard of this um, before they announced this movie. I'm going to play it on the Civil Rights Show as well, but I did not know this, and I thought I would share it with you just so you can educate yourself on on the movie and on the people they're talking about. It's part of history, which is why I'm sharing it here. Here we go. Let's talk about this upcoming bull rewrite of history. If you didn't know, this is Viola Davis's new movie, The Woman King. They say her reign begins like it's going to be all epic for her. And it says it's based on true events. No, it is not. Because in the movie, she's a leader of the Dahami tribe. And if there was ever going to be a movie based around the true events of what the Dahami tribe did, it would be a horror movie. The Dahami tribe can very likely be counted as some of the worst people ever in history. Like they were terrible in every way. In fact, one of the things they're most famous for, refusing to give up slavery long after the rest of the world had moved on. Or maybe the fact they were cannibals. I don't know, you tell me which of those two is worse. But after the British and the rest of the civilized world stopped using slaves, they didn't give it up. They would get seriously f***ed up on drugs and go raid local villages and steal people as slaves. Oh, and black people in America? There's a one in five chance that your ancestors were sold to the U.S. by these mother. They're responsible for more than 20% of all the slaves sold to the New World. Oh, and it didn't just stop at slavery and cannibalism. See, every family from every tribe that Dahomey had conquered had to send them one daughter. Now, the bigger, uglier ones were used as warriors. But the pretty ones? Yeah, the king used them as whores. And I know the movie's going to try to portray these people as great warriors and sh**, but they definitely were not. They were actually some of the worst warriors on the planet. They lost, like every battle they ever fought that wasn't against primitive tribes. And no, it wasn't because they had, like, old-ass weaponry. They had handheld guns, they had machine guns. They had every piece of technology that the armies they fought had as well. They just didn't train how to use any of them and lost every battle. And in fact, the true events of history was that the French went to war with them to stop them from using slaves. And their king declared, I would rather fight a hundred years than give up my slaves. But since they suck so bad at war, didn't take very long for them to lose. Like if you look at the war between the French and the Dahomey, the Dahomey lost like a hundred fighters for every five or six that the French lost. But yeah, I can guarantee you that the real 
history of this tribe is not going to be told in this movie. Because the real history is the Dahomey were awful people. They were an awful tribe led by an awful man and an awful woman. They didn't train their soldiers. They just marched them forward to their death. Prolific slavers in history. And the civilized world had to fight them to get them to stop enslaving other black people. So if this is going to be actually based on true events, I expect Viola Davis to be portrayed like Hitler. But they won't. They'll portray her as an amazing woman training women to fight hard. And what were they fighting hard for? The right to enslave, torture, and rape their fellow Africans. Rewrite history much? Let's talk about this. <laughs> okay, wow, right? So, I just thought I would share that. I hadn't even heard of, heard of either. And, yeah. You might want to look into that before you share it with your, your family. Also for Philanthropy News Digest. Um, U Chicago is reported to have received $10 million for motor neuron disease research. The gift from the Lauren Grin Foundation will establish the Center for Motor Neuron Disease to advance biological research on the cellular processes and genetic causes of amtroph tropic lateral sclerosis is known as ALS and other neurogenerative diseases as well as potential treatments. Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break and uh, I'll be right back. Hello listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store. Welcome back to Education in the News. I'm your host, Pamela Clark. And um, I have some more videos for you. Um, I really like this. I heard this is like, this is a quote of the day. And um, I loved it and I wanted to share it with you. I thought it was impactful. So here goes. Whoops. Truth is, and only those who care about you. Come back, I still need you. Can hear you when you're quiet. Hold on. Think about that for a moment. Another piece of news. Hold on. I'm a third grade teacher in Anderson, South Carolina. I don't have followers. I know probably no one's going to see this, but it's TikTok. So I figured I'm going to try and talk about what happened and just have conversations about this because it needs to stop. At around 10.30 this morning, my school went on a full hard lockdown for about an hour. I wasn't in my classroom. Um, I was with my students in our big like teacher meeting room because it was picture day and we were getting our pictures taken and the kids were really excited about it. The principal gets on the loudspeaker and says, this is a full hard lockdown, this is not a drill. We are on a full hard lockdown. We've never practiced how to do these drills or not drills anywhere other than my classroom. So I didn't have a spot in this particular room where I knew I could put my kids safely. Thankfully, there's a big corner with nothing in it away from windows. So I threw them in the corner and a fourth grade class in the hallway walking to lunch came in and joined my class as well. We sat there in complete silence and complete darkness for about 45 minutes, praying that we didn't hear gunshots, people screaming, footsteps. And thankfully, 
We didn't. Our principal gets back on the loudspeaker and says that the lockdown is lifted, but we're still on soft lockdown, which means nobody can enter or exit the building and minimal movement in the hallways. I take my kids back to my classroom and I'm looking for an email because our principal usually emails us with information about why we were on lockdown. I get an email that says somebody somewhere programmed a website to send out multiple Llegó la hora de ponerte las pilas y prepararte para las fiestas en The Home Depot. Porque al comprar una herramienta Ryobi seleccionada, te llevas gratis una batería extra Ryobi OnePlus. Sí, una batería extra gratis para que le saquen jugo a un regalo útil y duradero. Visita una tienda o recibe entrega gratis en más de 2 millones de productos elegibles por Internet. Ponte las pilas y haz que las fiestas sean mágicas con los regalos de The Home Depot. Haces más, logras más. Alerts of an active shooter to multiple schools across the state of South Carolina today. A middle school in our district, not too far from the school I teach at, received one of these alerts, which is why the entire district went on lockdown. That middle school was completely cleared of all staff and students. Obviously, there was nothing found because it was a false scam um, report. So because somebody decided to do this, I was responsible for consoling 21 hysterical eight-year-olds because they were praying to God that we would be able to leave school today and that they could go home to their families. When is enough enough? That's terrible. I told you I had a lot of these today. It's it's discouraging, doesn't it? Anyways, um, the other news stories I have for me. This one's from Smart Brief on EdTech, and talking about TikTok. It says how schools can respond to viral TikTok trends. Education Week covered the story. It says viral challenges popular on TikTok include. Those encourage students to steal school property, eat at eat a dangerously spicy chip, or even assault teachers are becoming more common. Educators say it is impossible to stand or to stay ahead of the latest trend. But Kristen Algersma, senior editor of Learning Content Strategy at Common Sense Media, says educators can discuss TikTok challenges as part of a digital citizenship lessons. Yeah, <laughs> I can see him hiring um, someone just to monitor TikTok and other social media. I think that's coming soon if they don't already do it. EdSurge reports that free skills engine tool matches skills with careers. Michael Bettersworth, Vice Chancellor and Chief Innovation Officer at Texas State Technical College, developed a free tool to help match people's skill with potential career pathways. The Skills Engine took, tool offers a digital library of more than 20,000 skills needed for jobs and has been used to translate jobs ads into skill-based language and by colleges to design degree programs. The journal reports that tips for using tech to help mental health in schools. Technology can be used in schools to address the rising mental health crisis with approaches, including allowing teachers, counselors, staffers, and administrators to work together to help students with difficult challenges, writes Gary Pettengill, CEO of Empowering Communities with Integrated Network Systems. Pentagill writes that schools can also create better health onboarding processes for students who need support services. Alaska Public Media reports that Alaska's district board asked to fund immersion programs. Parents, students, former students, and others recently attended an Anchorage school board meeting to ask for continued funding for eight language immersion programs. Board, which manage, manages the Anchorage School District in Alaska, is considering 
budget cuts to manage a $68 million shortfall. A look at one college metaversity experience. Tech and Learning reports that a metaversity is a virtual reality campus that offers a metaverse experience in an educational setting such as Morehouse College's version that mirrors the real campus with students attending class and engaging in uh, I know how to say it in general, synchronous and asynchronous. I am botching that terribly. I apologize. You know what I'm trying to say, I believe. Immersive VR education experiences. Quote, it could be blowing up a heart as large as the room and climbing on the inside and watching a beating heart in the way blood flows, says Dr. Munsana Morris, a director of Morehouse in the Metaverse. Education Week also reports how school leaders can support nurses' mental health. Nearly half of school nurses reports that they have been bullied, harassed, or threatened since the beginning of the pandemic, and 45% say they were, have experienced at least one system symptom of an adverse mental health condition. A CDC, a CDC survey finds advocates say school leaders can support nurses by educating their communities on how nurses are key to students' success in communicating what falls outside nurses' responsibilities, particularly regarding the COVID-19 mitigation and vaccine policies. East Idaho News in Idaho Falls reports that Idaho Conference promotes teaching outside the classroom. The Idaho Out-of-School Network held a conference to help educators develop the skills needed to teach beyond the walls of the classroom, including enrichment opportunities in STEM. The conference brought both students and educators to the event. The 74 reports, reports that AI Blueprints urges caution on stu student surveillance. President Joe Biden's administration on Tuesday released a blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights that urges school districts to be cautious of digital monitoring tools that may infringe on students' rights. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona says the guidance enhances the focus on student protections. all of that one. Right, just a moment. I have to check for repeats here. A lot of repeats. <laughs> okay, got one from Nevada, Nebraska. Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. Star Herald reports that Nebraska fifth graders get hands-on and water safety program. A group of fifth Fifth graders in Nebraska attended North Plate Natural Resources District's water education program to learn about the importance of wearing life jackets and what to do if someone is in danger in water. Students rotated through stations to learn about various topics including water cycles, runoff, and erosion, as well as learning how to siphon water. New York Times reports that crews and mental health support program expands in schools. Teachers in the middle school in Massachusetts are working together to support students' mental health through crew program, also adopted by schools in California, Arizona, New York, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Through the program, students engage in conversations similar to therapy about their feelings, managing emotions, and difficult topics such as loss and addiction.
moment. Check our time. I know we're kind of running out of time today. Uh, School News Network in Grand Rapids, Michigan reports the STEM lessons through boat building regatta. Sixth grade teacher Laura Wolford and science teacher Sarah Youngs host the annual competitive regatta day at East Grand Rapids Middle School in Michigan, teaching students STEM lessons about density, buoyancy, mass, and volume before they start designing and building their cardboard boats. All grades compete for best in show and speed, which requires two-person teams of life jackets, students to paddle their boats on a portion of a nearby lake. Um, the National Principal of the Year finalists were announced. The finalists are Donna Hayward of Connecticut, David Aaron Sibia of Texas and John Bricolet of California. Thanks for bearing with me here. Okay. Bearing with me. Or, um, let's see, one in three black Californians face unfairness from health providers. According to a report from the California Healthcare Foundation, the clear and significant obstacles black Californians confront while seeking quality health care highlight the deliberate steps they take to mitigate systematic racial inequities that pervade the healthcare system across the state. Um, and Singapore's Temasek partners commit $200 million for Asian Alliance. The Singapore State Holdings Company collaboration with the Bill and Melinda Gates um, and Leah Kai Shing and Tonado Foundations, Dahlia Philanthropies and Sinar Mass and Indonesian Conglomerate is an effort to take a systematic approach to philanthropy and social sector investments across the regions. Okay, just a second, I had another piece of news. Um, this is local news from the Village Reporter, which is a newspaper in a neighboring community and Williams County, Fulton County Community News. It says North Central Pioneer School Bus involved in accident with semi-truck. This happened on October 6, 2022. And there are pictures. If you go to thevillagereporter.com, you can see that. It says Madison Township, Ohio, the defiance post of the Ohio State Highway Patrol is investigating a school bus that crashed on October 6 at approximately 11.15 a.m. The crash occurred on County Road 16 at the U.S. Route 20 intersection in Madison Township in Williams County. Aaron D. Mullins, age 52, of Pioneer, Ohio, who was later charged with failure to yield, was driving a 2003 Bluebird school bus south on County Road 16 when he approached the stop signs at U.S. Highway 20. Mr. Mullins then encountered the intersection from the stop sign, or entered the intersection from the stop, from the stop sign, sorry. According to the official Ohio State Highway Patrol media release, the, Ohio, the North Central school bus was struck by a 2011 Kenworth semi-truck which was eastbound on U.S. Highway 20. The semi-truck was driven by Terry Brine, 
age 67, of Fayette, Ohio. According to post-accident testimony, the bus struck the rear semi-trailer near the first axle after pulling out of the intersection, approximately nine feet from the rear of the trailer. The North Central school bus was carrying seven children, plus Mr. Mullins. Mr. Brem was the lone occupant in the semi-truck. According to emergency personnel responded to the crash scene where the children and other crash occupants were evaluated. No injuries were reported, according to the Ohio State Highway Patrol, though one student was taken to the ER for follow-up evaluation concerning arm pain. The Ohio State Highway Patrol was assisted by Williams County Sheriff's Office, Williams County EMS, Madison Kunkel Fire Department, Pioneer Fire Department, and North Central Schools and Hutches Towing. According to the Ohio Highway Patrol media release, Mr. Mullins was cited at the Bryan Municipal Court for failure to yield from a stop sign and the crash remains under investigation. The Ohio State Highway Patrol reminds motorists to always ensure intersections are clear before proceeding through stop signs and red lights. In a phone interview with Village Reporter at 1.45 p.m., Superintendent Butte was unable to comment about his active investigation, but did confirm the bus sustained front end damage. More importantly, Mr. Butte confirmed all students and personnel was not injured in the accident. The Ohio State Highway Patrol would like to encourage drivers to take several, to look several times before entering an intersection. <laughs> okay. So, okay, just a moment. Here's another local news story. This was um, uh, in our local newspaper here in New Heights was located in Plains says um, Northeastern Local School Board of Education held a school board meeting Wednesday evening and accepted resignation of a head football coach, Kenny Krause, amid a controversy about hazing allegations. The Tenora football coach resigns um, now. I've heard some disturbing things about this, and a lot of people do talk about things they don't know anything about. Um, and I will say that, without saying any names, that I did receive some information um, of people discussing this. I have the direct message messages to each person that this person shared with me someone I know very very well um, and trust if I can bring it up here or not it's kind of hard to read it so that Give me a moment as I try to bring it. I don't know if I can see it. It's kind of hard to trying to bring it up, um, blow it up by having troubles with it. Um, Anyways, if what I've heard is true, this was more along the lines of an actual sexual assault that uh, um, of a male student. I hope it's not true. We always hope that these kind of things aren't true. We don't want to think these things happen, but unfortunately they do. So um, that's what I was told from someone that has um, direct um, connection to the story. So 
it's under investigation, but I did want to share it. I didn't want to be part of anything that, even if it's not true, we want to make sure we're reporting the news and say it's under investigation. And if it is true, people should be fired. Anyone that tried to cover it up should be um, brought to justice as well. I mean, it's just awful. Just awful that these things are happening to our students. And students shouldn't be made to feel like they can't speak up. They, they should have a voice. And if something's happened to them, it shouldn't be silence. So we won't be part of the silence either. And I do know that things in our area like this do happen. Not necessarily with this school, but I've heard about other schools that it has happened, and a lot of it. So, terrible allegations. Okay. Wisconsin State Journal and the Capital Times in Madison reports teacher shortages shifts from some Wisconsin classes online. Some high school classes in Wisconsin School District are being taught via the district online Madison Promise Academy because of the lack of educators to teach the students. These students attend class in person with their peers but are taught by an online teacher. Okay, I think that brings us to the end of the day. We ran a little over. Apologize for that. Um, I want to remind you about our civil rights um, radio show that I've recently taken over when Barbara Bullen left us. Still on Sundays at 5 p.m. Looking for someone else to take over the show. If you're interested in volunteering, let us know. NewHeightsEducation.org And then um, my show airs every Wednesday by 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And where we cover those educational news stories from around the world. I thank you for spending time with me. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.